You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. It's another prime episode, Jeremy. Prime. Episode. Oh, your mic's not on. Now, there I, we go. Now I, I turned the wrong up. one off. <clears throat> it's episode 313 of the New Utah Podcast. Um, it's a special episode. It's uh, Jeremy points at random shit because he yes. didn't come prepared. No, my pens are usually right here, but our surprise for the day has You should be back. careful. I've angered the wife and she has a really fucking sharp knife in her I'm hands. not mad at him. I'm mad at you. It doesn't matter. You're <laughs> angry and you have a sharp knife. <laughs> Don't cut them all yet. Just I'm cutting the three that nobody's ever had because we're all going to share them. Okay. Then we'll decide between the rest of them. So it's our it's our six year anniversary, and uh, my lovely wife who is holding a knife, and so I love her dearly, and I would never say anything to upset her. It's a very sharp knife. I've cut my finger with it. I had to have stitches. You should mention it's the podcast anniversary because you said uh, it's our anniversary and then you're talking about your that's wife. That's true. It is the podcast. It's not your wedding anniversary. It is our six-year anniversary as a podcast. Six years. And uh, so we decided, uh, you know, six years in, let's do something special and buy cookies or something. I don't know. I think I made dinner a couple times and yeah. I think Jess, I don't know, Jess never made dinner for the six, for the annual. She, she did, did a couple it for like Christmas. Christmas. But yeah, we've done things. But this this time it's all about the ruby snaps. Yeah, I haven't had ruby snap cookies in a long time, and I and keep Julia's never had them. So I think the last time we had them is when we did the interview at McGrew Studios. And I drive, uh, I drive, I, I drive think. past Crumble all the time, and their cookies aren't good. And uh, no. that's what they bring into the office often as Crumble cookies, and they're not even. This is, I love sweets. I love desserts with. All of my being, it's one of my favorite things on the whole freaking planet is sweet shit. But uh, when it comes to cookies and crumble, they're not tempting. Like I see crumble cookies and I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't eat, like I don't even want to go try one. They're extra thick, like a hundred C's. <sighs> but like, not it good. It takes three people to get through one. But they're not good. That's the thing that makes them bad. Is they they dry out. They're not. I don't know. I'm not a fan of crumble. I'm sorry. I think people who listen to this show know it. But Ruby Snap is the best cookie in the valley. There's not even a, a question. And you're going to learn that, Julia. Because we're going to do some uh, testing and eating and whatnot of the cookies here in a, a few minutes. Um, there was a shaving incident. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Dad looks funky. So, yeah, he looks a little uh, barren. Yeah. It's so. just hair. When he would do this when we were kids, we'd have no idea who the heck was standing in our house. We'd have no idea who he was. So uh, I'm trimming the old beard uh, last night, and I've got uh, I've got a larger trimmer that's a plug-in. Because you don't go to the barber anymore. For the beard, no. For the hair, yes. Well, and I'll get I'll get. It's funny because Chris goes for the beard, but not the hair. But yeah. not the hair. I'll, you guys should go and like see if they'll give you like a give us a deal discount. Cut my hair and I already get beard. cheaper. My beard trimming is not as much as a haircut. Beard. So. so, so anyway, so I'm trimming the beard last night, and I'm using the uh, battery powered trimmer, which usually works pretty good. But the the spacer, the guard, guard that uh, the, 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 yeah. cuts it to length. I'm going along, and it's it popped off, 
like mid swipe <laughs> right down my chin. So well, you don't it, have to do it for a while now. So it like went like stubble short right down the center and it's like, oh, there's no fixing that. I have to be honest with you. It makes you look older. Older? Well, because the... Like the because you've I shaved think it I all. I can see Maya more in you now. Than you've I used shaved to like it at the bottom half because I can chin. see the bottom of your face. Well, because what it is is you've shaved more of it down, and now there's less color. That's true. It's mostly all white now, or true. gray, as it were. So, so Hannah came in and laughing hysterically <laughs> and says, "I look a lot younger." I think he looks younger. Jonathan's like, "I can't remember the last time I saw your neck," <laughs> which. Mine's really not that You don't long. have a neck, but you don't have a beard like that. No, I but do. that's what he said. And then Heather's like, Did, was there a problem with the shaving? Because <laughs> <laughs> she, she prefers the beard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I walked in, I was like, what's up with the beard? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, like I said, to me, I think you look older because I think you've lost color. Yeah. And now everything, oh my God, this dog. Yep, she's been farting on my shoe this whole time. <laughs> And I can't get her to move no matter how much like, I kick her. That's, she's been doing it in my office all day, so I have only slight amount of sympathy for you all. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, I, that's why I think it makes you look so older is the coloration. So much white. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure it when it looks like a farmer's tan. When it fills in, it'll be. It's like, it's John has taken his shorter and I'm not a fan of that either because he has like a weird white. John did it because Jody doesn't like it. What but I, d- I, I, I like a, well, clearly, I like a fuller beard. Yeah, so do I. This was definitely not intentional. But yeah, the little guardy thing popped off. And I, I've got it to the highest setting so that it just like trims the. It- and it's just hair, and it's but it's facial hair, so it'll definitely grow back. It'll grow back, but it was like, oh, there's no fix in that. So when, when I right down the center, <laughs> when I go like four days without shaving my head, it comes back sorta. I have a horseshoe now. <laughs> there's like nothing on top, but you can see it thickly on the sides and the back. Nice. I could probably rock a mullet, like a skullet type. So thing. have it as long in the back as the beard is in the front. <laughs> And, and Please, God, no. This dog, she might have to get put outside. Oh, my God. Please. This is actually worse than it was earlier. Do you want me to put her outside? Yeah. Hold, hold everyone, please. There's no <laughs> way I can eat with <laughs> dog poop in my mouth. It's, like, really close. She has... I don't... I do not know what she's eaten. I don't know. Because she has the same... We didn't change her diet. So, we were watching the cat, because uh, Maya and Tucker have been on their... Uh, anniversary trip to St. George this last week. So fancy. So fancy, fancy. But I, I hear crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm sitting down there watching TV in the living room. I hear crunch, crunch. I look up. Rocky's eating the cat food. I'm like, Rocky, get out of there. Push him out of the cat food. A little while later, I hear crunch, crunch, crunch. I look up. The cat's eating the dog food. Mm-hmm. The dog has uh, come back downstairs. It's just a change of palate. I guess. They're just spicing it up. So she, she does not want to go outside while we're here. She knows there's fan. cookies. Well, she knows there's something. She's shitting herself all over down here. It is. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Happy yeah, sixth anniversary. Yeah, the uh, the 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 dogs eating the cat food is normal because the cat food is a lot higher protein content than dog food. Must smell better, maybe. I, I really couldn't. It's a higher protein content. Well, because like, cats are supposed it. to eat only meat, basically, yeah, and then dogs can eat. Uh, Plants and stuff. Dogs are scavengers. Mm-hmm. But, but then, yeah, Whatever the cats, they can find. But then the cat's eating the dog food. Like, not lettuce, though. Too. At least not my dogs. They won't eat lettuce. Yeah. 
Rocky won't eat. Ebo Rocky won't eat like plain anything. vegetables, but carrots. My dog's like carrots. If he's got ranch on it. He'll probably eat it. Phoebe will eat radishes with me. I'll carrots are the only thing that that Rocky will eat. Everything else he'll just put. Yeah, it's uh, the leafy greens that the, the animals won't eat. Thank you for thank you for putting Stinky McStinkerton. Yeah, sorry, I had to blow my nose, which means I had to wash my hands. <laughs> yeah, Stinky McStinkerton. Yeah, it still stinks. It still here. smells down here because of her. It's going to take a while. It did smell like cookies, but you know. So do, do we want to go over? I know we don't do events a whole lot, but we've got a few kind of big things come up. Do we want to go over those real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just a reminder: Farmers Market opens up next week, yeah. so not Memorial Day weekend, which is this coming weekend, but uh, the week after the first June, weekend, June fourth. And of I June. put. I I put it in the write-up for last week with with the dates and addresses, so that should be up shortly. You can go to our website and read a little bit about it and get addresses and that kind of stuff. Addresses for the farmer's market? Yeah. Well, for those There's one. Know. It's Pioneer Park. Yeah. So address, times, dates, and it's through October. Yeah, you you anyway. like addresses. I was just trying to figure out what addresses. Address. Okay. Singular. Okay. All right. So, Julia, we've got Pride coming up. Yep. Pride Festival. Uh, I'm going to be a vendor there. I'll be right in the east entrance, like right when you walk in, past all the little roundabout. I'm guessing it's a fountain based on the map. I'm like just to your right. I should be like one of the first people you go and see. Is it in um the square just where it normally is? Gallivan Center. No, it's not at the Gallivan Center. It's usually at the where. What's the stupid clock tower building? Uh. The city county building. It's usually the, the old, by original. the city county building because they close off that area, but in front of the police station and by. Um, I'll look it up. Uh, by the Divin. The oh my hell, the place that we went and didn't like. The Leonardo. Thank Leo. you. I was trying to call it the Da Vinci. Washington Square. It's Leonardo. at Washington Square. Yeah, that's yeah. what yeah. I was trying so to say. So that's the part of the big so city there's not a, There's not a fountain though. Oh, it's, it's, it, the, the map shows a round thing, I think it, so I just oh, guessed well, it was a fountain. It's not a I don't. I don't There's know. definitely a circle on the sidewalk. There is remember. a circle, something. It's Maybe just it's a roundabout statue? going uh, up to the yeah, doors. I don't That's where I'm at. I think it's a fountain. I'm I can't remember now. So we were just I'm, there. You think we remember? I'm satelliting it. Uh, I don't. There might There's be a round a, thing. I just assumed it was a fountain because that's where it, something yeah, like that would fit. I don't think it's a Bless fountain actually. I think there's something else there, but it is round. There's a couple other so, round things. So noting, this is the first time since COVID, so they're anticipating... 75,000 people just at the festival. They're expecting 110 plus thousand at the parade. Wait, what weekend is it? This is next weekend, so April 4th and 5th. What? Not, not April. That is er, not correct. June 4th and 5th. <laughs> I'm going back up, okay. back in time. Okay. So, um, damn it. Yep, they've got uh, more food vendors this time. They have 30 food trucks, not like 10 like they've been doing in the past. And then they are doing a zero-waste festival this year. So none of the vendors are going to be giving out any plastic where everything's going to be recyclable or recycled or compostable or reusable. And then there are going to be volunteers at every single garbage can. And they're going to sort everything by recyclables, and then they're taking all of the uneaten food, and they're making a biofuel with it at the end, which Giving is kind of cool. Giving it to cool. the pigs and the chickens. I, I don't know what they're doing, that, but they're making a fuel with it, that's so our that's kind of cool. They're going to turn it into biodiesel. June 4th and 5th, is that shit? Yeah, that's the um, so the same weekend the festival as the market. part. So go to the market in Holy the morning. That and is going to be insane. And then go to the Pride Festival. Yep. Uh, um, that would be awesome, but downtown is going to be insane. Well, because right? I think that the... I so, think that the 
the parade usually is by gateway too, so that might be crazy. Let me encourage you to not drive downtown. Usually I say, just fucking drive downtown because it's fine, it's cheaper. I would encourage you to not drive downtown. Go to a park and ride lot, uh, a track station, hop on the tracks train. There are a ton of stops downtown, including right by where the festival is going to be. So if you have a ticket to Pride, all UTA transportation during the Pride Festival is well, there free. You go. See? There you it's go. It's free. So the buses are free, the tracks is free, so and the front runner are free. Don't if you park, have a just Pride h- ticket. Hop on the train. It's and the, it, the, it drops you off right at yep, it. Yep, yeah. right outside of Pride. So um, and then. Let's see. So Saturday, it's going to be 1 p.m. to 11 p.m. Vendors stop at about 9 p.m., but there's going to be a bunch of shows and stuff afterwards. Uh, I'm by the karaoke stage. And then <laughs> that's going to be a fun weekend. I'd rather you. be by the karaoke stage than, I don't know, by the band or something. So because I, I just heard from people at the orientation that it's really, really stinking loud if you're anywhere by except the karaoke stage. So I was like, OK, um, the on Sunday. It goes from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., and the parade is on Sunday the 5th at 10 a.m. So, see, you could hit the market and then go over to so, Pride. Yeah. So, I remember when I was in, in high school, I did a lot of uh, theater downtown at the old Utah Theater, the one that is sadly being torn down. Uh, but I remember we were there do, for a show. It was rehearsal. It was something. It was a Sunday, and somebody yells out, there's a parade. All of us the, go. The parade is June fifth on Sunday, by the way. For that's what she that's said. Oh. All of us go right to the front door, throw the door open, and it was the Pride Parade, and we're all like stunned because that was probably one of the very first times it had ever occurred, and I, we were all just like beside ourselves trying to figure out what was going on because we thought it was like a the the Pioneer Parade or something like that. Oh. It, it was not. I walked. It was in better. better. <laughs> like about, the furthest thing from that. Oh gosh, we've been together for almost twelve years, so probably about. 15 years ago, I walked in the Pride Parade with the equality flag. Oh, yeah, I remember that. We convinced one of the, um, one of the police officers that was, um, patrolling on the, on his motorcycle to put an equality sticker on his was that motorcycle. What, that's when you were with St. Mark's, right? Um, I mean, maybe, it wasn't with St. Mark's, but no, that's when you were it, working. Maybe. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. I don't remember. I, 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 probably. I, I remember, remember that. That was kind of cool. Anyway, that was the first time I, I saw there that. There are a few right. rules. Um, let's see. I'm finding it. While she's finding it, um, so be no, careful when you go there because there'll be protesters. Yep. Don't don't egg on the protesters. Just go past them. Let the Mormons do their thing. It's All not right. just Mormons. It's some really crazy people. Yeah. No outside beverages, including water. The way that they are making their money to pay for the venue is by selling beverages they do have free water fill-up stations all over the place so bring an empty water bottle uh, no outside alcohol you can get alcohol inside um, no door dashing or outside food deliveries getting brought in um, no smoking or vaping anywhere on the premises no pets this includes bring in just your dog for fun or an emotional pet it needs to be a certified trained service animal you if you're going to bring it it can't be your a, a, let, let me not yeah. your emotional support cat it's your actual like seeing right. guide dog but you can't thing. certify um an actual like guide dog or a service dog there's no certification trained is what they but, said yeah. sorry my bad yeah trained they want well-behaved trained let with me, a leash and a l- harness let me just explain something to everyone that's not aware there will be 75 to a hundred thousand people in one square block that's of salt lake city of 
Don't bring big fucking strollers. Don't be bringing big old fucking wagons with your kids. They either walk or you carry them. Don't bring your animals. Or get a babysitter. Or get a little umbrella stroller, you know, that takes up, like, what is what is it, like a square foot? I think they're very it's small. Just, no weapons allowed. This includes, like, pepper spray, yeah. things like that. There is a bag check. If you we, want to not bring a bag, there are a million other lines you could just walk right in. If you have a bag, you have to get it checked. Yeah, and I don't think we need to go over any other rules, That was by it. The way. So that was all the rules. <laughs> um Tickets are still on sale. Uh, I would encourage you to get them in advance because getting them there will be a pain in the ass. Um, they range from $15 for an adult uh, for a single day pass all the way up to like a fucking crazy like eight day they VIP have, Yeah, thing. the VIP, you get a special, your own entrance. You don't have to wait in line. You show them your pass and then you just get and, right in and then it gets you into all the other events. So the parade and, and all that stuff. But to be fair, all of those events start this week. So there's like a brunch and, yeah, like a and drag dance brunch and, and a 5K yeah. and a whole bunch of other stuff that starts this weekend, uh, really like on Sunday and then uh, it goes all the way through next Sunday. So... It'll be crazy downtown. It'll be a fun event that you'll, if you're not going to, you'll want to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not going there for that, maybe stay out of downtown. Right. And then <laughs> the whole block right around the event is staff only parking. Don't even try to park there or you will be Just towed within a minute. Do not drive downtown. Please yeah. take the free buses and the free tracks. tracks. Or, you know, have your mom drive you by and throw you out of the car like my kids did for right. a concert. There you go. I would not be doing that for her for pride. I would like I would, say, I would in the downtown area so I she would could say, just hop on a track and get Here's a train by your house. Go. Right? They are also <laughs> making an app for Pride this year. It should be they're finalizing the Android version. There's an iOS one right now. I think you look up like Utah Pride, it'll bring it up, but you can get tickets on there. There's a map and then there's an events calendar as well. So it's it's going to be big. Um, so anyway, Utah has a really huge, uh, gay community, LGBTQ plus community. Um, and you don't have to be part of that community. No, but a be supporter. an A, be an ally. I'm s- totally cis and walked in the parade. Right. So. I'm totally sus and I walked in it. You did not, and you are right. sus. Yelp is actually going to do a, an interview of my business for being an LGBT owned for, nice. ju- for June. Yeah. Cool. So then. That, that's it for Pride. That's it for Pride. So one other thing. So Alexi, our good friend who owns Cocktail Collective, we told her we'd do a little shout out for her some of her upcoming events. So Julia's got that list. Yep. So here are her June and July classes. Um, so on the 9th, so it looks like all of almost all of these are at 630. I'll tell you if it's not. Uh, and then they're all in person. You have to be 21. You need to be vaccinated. You purchase your tickets online. So on June 9th at 6.30 is Classic Cocktails, learning about dark and stormy, whatever that means. I'm not sure. Uh, June 11th, also Classic Cocktails. It's Ramos Gin Fizz. Um, Sounds like the one we did that first time or something. I'm not sure. Um, June 17th at 6.30, you're learning about bourbon. Um, June 18th is Juneteenth cocktails. June 24th I is, what those are. That'd right? be interesting. is canvas and cocktails, which is for summer solstice. So it's painting and drinking. Um, and then <laughs> June 26th, this one's at 4 PM. It's a summer entertaining series about mocktails. So you can make mocktails for your friends. So your Mormons can enjoy stuff. Yeah. And then June 30th, 630 is canvas and cocktails. Again, you're making pride coasters for your drinks. 
And then July 2nd at 4 p.m., another summer entertaining series. It's themed cocktails and mocktails. And where can they go to see all these dates? Because yeah. they're not going to remember. So I believe their website's just Cocktail Collective, but let me check. So they're all just out on their website? Yeah, it's all on their website. There are also the collaborations with me as well. Yeah, it's cocktailcollect.com is their website, and you can go through and find all their tickets. And I know if you, you can buy, like, a season pass for a lot less and that'll get you and a buddy into a few classes. And then I think if you register with more than one person, you get a discount. So the two that I've been to so far were a lot of fun because it's not just, here's a drink. She actually explains each ingredient, kind of the history, why it's part of the drink, where the drink came from. And then, you make them along with her, so she puts an ingredient in, you put an ingredient in. I feel in. like the Juneteenth one would be cool. I want to know what drinks she is associating with that. She uh, For Women's Month, she did uh, women-inspired cocktail drinks and specifically <coughs> black women cocktail drinks. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, she's done like tea and cocktails, stuff like that. It's fun. So yeah, check her out. She's a, a friend of the podcast. She's awesome. So we're going to go to another friend of the podcast who uh, we love her uh, cookies. Ruby Snap. Well, so, her name's not Ruby Snap. No, it's Tammy. Yeah. Tamara. We've had her on twice. 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 So this is a, this is, so she is, if I don't remember what episode she's been on. You can go back and listen I to it. look it up. It's one of the, one of the original and then yeah, probably one and then in the mid. second. And this is really cookie. less about her and more about the cookies, um, yeah. to be honest with you, as a, as a treat for ourselves. But, uh, she, you know, she's the type of person that decided to go to Italy for several months to learn how to make gelato just because she wanted to learn how to make gelato. She doesn't even sell it. Italian. Yeah. She doesn't and make then, it in her shop. No. Yeah. And she's, she's like actually looking to buy land and like get her own vanilla bean field in. Yeah. Vanilla bean plantation because yeah. the coffee's pushing it yeah. out. So that she can still have, you know, um, natural. So her cookies vegetables. are amazing, but she is. She, classically trained she is incredibly this is why her cookies are good and okay these are not run-of-the-mill like go to the grocery store and buy a thing of cookies at Harmon's. although you can buy you can buy them at Harmon's in the freezer and section them, to and make they're them pretty decent like they're not exactly hers but they are so close they're, they're if you follow the instructions they're really close the they things just don't are, look as pretty the, because we're not as talented <laughs> well the, the things that are difficult are like the candied lemon that goes on top it's hard to get that right. There's candied lemons, but they don't, it doesn't necessarily come out right. But some of the other cookies are, are fantastic. Um, because it's the same dough, it's just been frozen and you're just heating it to the proper instructions. <coughs> but these cookies are not cheap. They are an expensive cookie. They are a gourmet cookie. And a part of that is the ingredients that she sources. Um, she spends a lot of time finding the right ingredients, the right people, the right vendors. You know, we, we talked to her at length about it. Uh, it's not just like, it's not about local. It's about getting the right thing. I mean, it's all clearly made locally because she won't, if she makes them and then they don't sell that day, she actually won't even put them in Ruby snap boxes. She donates everything, but she doesn't consider a Ruby snap cookie if it's not baked that same day so so we're gonna try uh, a whole bunch of these because we haven't had all of them but there's three new ones uh so there's are... this month's cookie which will go away after the end of this and, month and what is that cookie? that's the patsy jane and it's a blackberry cookie with a uh, vanilla frosting and then a blackberry drizzle and a blackberry on top yeah and it has an actual big giant blackberry and it smells almost like a kind of a sugar cookie base 
I'd love to be able to smell it, it, but I can't very well. I don't even know how well you're going to taste these. Um, almost like a blackberry pound cake type of look to it. We've cut them into quarters so we can all have them, but it's got a, a nice candied shell. Cross section looks like a bagel. A blueberry bagel. Mm. It's almost. That fresh blackberry though is so good. It's almost like a muffin mm-hmm. as opposed to like a dense donut. Yeah, it's really good. The cream actually on top, it really lightens the whole thing. It's so fresh. It's just whipped cream. It's not like crazy thick yeah like when you eat it it's not like the super over overly sweet thing that you can't it's like eating a strawberry shortcake it's closer to like a blackberry (laughs) scone oh yeah with a clotted cream but it's got uh the 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 glaze on top made it quite a bit sweeter because you look at it and you think oh my gosh that's gonna be the sweet cookie and then you bite into the cream and it's so light and it's actually refreshing it's like when you drink milk with a cookie a little bit of sweet, you get tartness, you get the, the, it's not, it's not really dense, it's very soft. But if you're gonna get it, you have to get it by the 31st, because this is May's cookie, or, yeah, May's cookie, so, um, they won't have it anymore we have, starting June 1st. Uh, so what are these other two? So one of them came So in Julia April. looked these up, yeah, cause they're not on their band yet. <clears throat> and she was saying that these are some of their new cookies that have come out in the last few months. So if you wanna try the yellow one, that's the Sophia, and it's a passion fruit hibiscus, and it's coated with something. When I cut it, the the actual outside of it is actually uh, hard, and it's got a little, hib- I think it's a candied hibiscus on top. Yeah, that's what it looks like, is a candied hibiscus flower. Um, oh my gosh, that smells so good. Oh, you can smell the passion fruit. That sounds, oh man. That one is the polar opposite of the one we just tried as far as dense. Mm. It's very dense. It's almost lemony, but not quite. I like it. Mm-hmm. I think it must have a lemon. That's the passion it. fruit. You think? That's passion fruit. Mm. Did you it, smell your hibiscus? You smell like freeze-dried strawberries. Passion fruit's a, it's a dried candied hibiscus on top is what it looks like. I ate my hibiscus because you can. Mm. She that wouldn't really put good. it on there if you couldn't. I know. Yeah, that's a really good cookie. It's um. It's very refreshing. Okay, the other cookie is a Darby, and Kristen didn't let me write down what it was, and so... It's... Hmm. I know what it is. So, Julia read yeah. it, but I wasn't... It's chocolate oatmeal with a peanut butter icing. So, and crisp, your dad might like this one. Chris Calabo Pearls. Something like that. They're like little Rice Krispie Pearls. Can't hear a crunch mm. on the mic. I was hoping I could... It almost tastes like a brownie. And yes, we're eating on the air, motherfuckers. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. It's like a brownie with the But chocolate. with better peanut butter. Yeah. A tad conflicting with the passion fruit we just ate, but it's really good. The My peanut- mouth wasn't wet ready for peanut butter and chocolate. The peanut butter cream is a really light. Um, none of their frosting's super heavy. I think that's one of the things that's But they really put it amazing. on thick, which is nice. But it really balances the richness of the chocolate on the cookie. Yeah, I like that one. Mm. So those are the three new ones that we definitely cut in quarters so that we could um, try them all. But I know some of us have favorites. So like Jeremy prefers their peanut butter. So we made sure we got one of those. And I know Chris likes the oatmeal one, which I don't care about. So Uh, I think I'm going to... My favorite that's in there. So 
I do. Is it this one or is it that one? It's it's the it's the Zoe? blue the Zoe the blueberry lemon the other one. bagel looking one, but not the Louise. The I haven't had the Louise yet because so the oh. Louise is a uh, uh, a vanilla buttercream inside a two spiced oatmeal sandwich cookie. So it's an oatmeal like a cream pie. pie. Yeah, it's an oatmeal cream pie. So we definitely want Julia to try all of these, and we want Chris to try this. Jeremy, do you want to try this? I'll try a little okay. bit of it. Um, but yeah, the 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 favorite cookie of theirs, I still think for me is the Betty, which is their oatmeal cookie that's got like um, apricots and Montgomery cherries and um, um, there's something else in it too. But the- my favorite cookie is actually in here, and it's the Lola, and I love that cookie, and I've made it at home too. That's the lemon cookie with the candied lemon on top, right? Yes. Yeah, these are. Uh, I'll apologize to us eating on the air, but not really because some people are into that. They just like eating well, we're ASMR. Not doing, yeah, so now we're gonna try. We're gonna try Louise because it sounds like everybody wanted to try it and nobody has. It's a, it's a homemade oatmeal cream pie. Little Debbie, eat your heart out. Um, it says, "Oh, hold on, hold on, I gotta put on my like glasses." Christmas. That's good. It says TDF vanilla buttercream inside a modern spiced oatmeal sandwich cookie. Mm. Christmas. Um, I mean, I don't get Christmas out of it, but the it spiced like my gingerbread cookies. The so. spiced oatmeal cookie is really good. The spiced oatmeal it really is fantastic, is. and the cream is again. It's not heavy and thick. Um, but it's it's there, and you can taste it. And it Man, I could just texture. eat that oatmeal cookie. That's mm-hmm. a good oatmeal cookie. Mm-hmm. I like that they're not crazy sweet. <clears throat> I mean, they're sweet, don't get me wrong, but they're not like curl your lips kind of sweet like a lot of cookies are. Well, combined now, we've had one cookie each. True. Mm. So those are all because I don't think the Luis has been around for a super long time. I don't know when they introduced it, but I'm not sure either because um, I don't think we have had it before. No, and that, I, I think it's relatively new in terms of like it's close to I don't know at some point. Well, I'm gonna cut a little piece out of Jeremy's cookie and give him the peanut butter one, unless you have objection. Oh, that's his favorite. Yeah, I don't care. And then I'm gonna cut a little piece out of. Um, when the 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 peanut butter and chocolate one is Penelope, by the way, and it's a peanut butter truffle, and it's like this weird mounded cookie that she dips half and half, so it's like a black and white cookie. Only it's um, a peanut butter dipped in chocolate. So that one the is the snicker snickerdoodette. So nobody can hear you, Chris. He's over here by the cookies. Well, they're. On this too, yeah. So, the snickerdoodle. I'm gonna I cut do. a little quarter out of the peanut butter, and I'm gonna cut a little quarter. Uh, what is it, Penelope? And I'm gonna cut a little quarter out of Zoe and give the boys their favorite cookie. And you're cutting a corner out of them for what? Quarter. For, so Julia can try it, but they're your favorite cookie. So then you guys get the rest, rest of it. it. The snickerdoodle is also a really fantastic cookie, actually. Um, the snickerdoodle, but it's like a. It's not. So most snickerdoodles are like. Like hard and crispy, and this one's not. It's that more cakey-ish texture, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's spectacular. I see what you're doing there. So you're gonna load Julia. Up We're sharing. With I can't <laughs> eat a whole cookie if I'm sampling every single uh, one. So. so interesting thing about Ruby Snap for those of you that don't know, they're gonna that love. Was kind of my thought. <laughs> they're gonna love all this free yeah, advertising. Don't get a hold of <laughs> but the thing about Ruby Snap is. 
if you're not sure which cookie you want to try, yeah, and you don't, they'll let you sample every single cookie. You can, oh, really? They won't stop you. You can say, "Can I try this one?" And they'll give it to you. Just and don't they're try like this cookie one. size. They're not like massive, like crumble, where you can only eat maybe half of a cookie. But yeah. don't be a jerk and go in there and ask for a sample of everything and then walk away. Yeah, I mean, I mean they'll let you, but yeah. they're not going to stop but you. But don't. No, that's mean. That's true. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna do the good. same. I'm gonna do the same thing to my lemon one because I want the rest of this cookie. Although I may not eat it like right now on the air, but yeah, I think I'll I'll eat this as we go. I think I'm. Uh, yeah, it's good. And then we got the uh, rice krispie treat. The PB Wow. They are massive. They're big blocks of rice krispie treat. Peanut butter rice krispie treat with chocolate on top. Brighton would be so is it, sick. It's, it's rice krispie treat with peanut butter and well, chocolate. Well, we'll let you. We'll let you take. If he really likes that, we'll let you take. Oh it. no! Like he's allergic to peanut. To oh. uh, not peanut butter, marshmallow. He has oh. anything with marshmallows, and he pukes. Well, he's <laughs> and it makes not, him so sad because he he's loves not, s'mores and stuff. He's not allergic to them. His body doesn't like him. He's intolerant. Yeah, like well, a. What part of the marshmallow? Just any marshmallow, anything. He throws up. But I wonder what, what if it's part the part of the marshmallow. Like I don't know because marshmallows made of sugar. He, I, I, all I know is he eats marshmallows and then. Oh yeah, well, I don't know because you can make marshmallows, but I don't know how. It's got to be some ingredient it's, in it. Sh- the, there's only three things that make marshmallows. Maybe sugar, it's a texture thing. I don't know. Corn syrup and gelatin. So does he get sick when he eats like Jello? I have no idea. Could be. Give him a bowl of Jello. See if he's because that's <laughs> if that's the case. Because that's the only three things in a marshmallow. He eats marshmallow. Or he eats sugar and you know corn syrup all day. Obviously. Yeah. So it, so maybe he has an aversion to to gelatin because that's maybe. the only three things in marshmallows. Unless it's just like a texture thing. I don't know. So that could be a texture thing. But if thing. he enjoys it, then obviously it's not like yeah. I don't know. But it's it's know. not an allergy. Is my point. Yeah. <laughs> And and I say that because people are... He does not go into shock, no. People are like, I have celiacs. You don't have fucking celiacs. (laughs) Trust me, if you had celiacs, you would writhe in agony if they put a little tiny speck of fucking flour in a sauce. That's quality, isn't it? That one's good. She's talking about the Zoe. It's got a little sour bits in it. I like it. Chris's favorite. The blueberry and lemon. It's so good. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm pretty sure this. I'm pretty sure the other ones that are still in the box that we'll we'll probably deal with later, divvying up and making sure she get it, is Maris, which is um, their chocolate chocolate chip cookie with a gooey caramel center. Um, We also have the Mia, which is vanilla bean sugar cookie with buttercream frosting. So it's kind of like the grandma's cookie, but like five thousand steps up from that. So it's literally like a pink frosted. Sugar so cookie. every fucking soda place in the valley makes sugar cookies with frosting. None of them hold a kin to that no. cookie. They so, all look like that cookie. Chris, uh, Chris <laughs> was talking about frosting. the Snickerdoodette, which is horchata Snickerdoodle with cinnamon covered in brown rice milk glaze. And then the Viviana is Tango with Mango, Feel the Warmth of the Equator, Mango's Dark Chocolate with an air of Vermagot. Which I, well, I don't know what Burma God is. It's like a lime. Mm-hmm. Ah. Bergamot. And then Amy is the triple chocolate cookie with chocolate buttercream and caramelized cocoa nibs. That's too much chocolate for me. So I think this is actually probably my second one because I love all, I love dark chocolate and all the chocolate. I hate dark and chocolate. I won't try yums. that one, but <laughs> you eat so, it. So, um, 
So we'll do the rest of it kind of later so that uh, she can still taste some of them. And those of them that we don't want, we'll so send them over there so she doesn't go into sugar. <laughs> the the Viviana is good with the mango and the dark chocolate chunks. It's like a it's like a chocolate chip cookie or chocolate chunk cookie with mango bits in it. It's really good. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, the horch, the one with the horchata in it, I believe, is good, too. Yeah, that's the that's the doodette, the snicker doodette. The snicker doodette. And it's got the snicker doodette is a similar cookie in texture to the the Zoe, more cakey. Yeah, a little bit more cakey with that like nice glaze on top of it, but mm, spectacular. Okay, so uh, it is. Uh, it, it's funny that this falls on the last week of the month, <laughs> but our. Six-year anniversary uh, is it's also... literally uh, as we record it. So it's the 24th today, and it's yep, this is and, our, and actual it's our actual six six year calendar year. To the date. Yeah. Six years ago today, we were sitting in Josh's hot little office with, with the dogs. The dogs barking and a blue snowball microphone. And actually, I was there. And that every time the swamp clue would kick on... And you could hear it, and you could hear the dogs. And when they came in the room, you could hear their feet on the... Clippy, 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 because clippy. that microphone picked up everything. Well, and we all had to sit around it, so we couldn't, like, yeah, you know, get close to it. it we just had to have it up loud enough that like, you could hear us all talking. I, I will say, though, you know, for uh, anyone that ever asks for advice on starting a podcast, the best advice I can give them, give them is to just do it. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot. We had a blue snowball microphone that Josh just had and a computer and us. Yeah, no board. I mean, we didn't have a soundboard. We didn't have... That's what we started with. For a while, we were we were doing that. And then we transitioned into uh, a soundboard with, with a little bit better microphones. Uh, and then, you know, we progressed from there. But you just have to start. That's the best. And your, your first few episodes, they're going to suck. Well, because you're learning and you're figuring stuff out and trying to come up with a format and yeah, but just do it. And I wouldn't put I wouldn't put much money into it to begin with. No, and we're six just years. Get a recording in. app on your phone, if nothing else. Yeah, we're we're six years in and we still change stuff. And so, I mean, this is a prime example. This year, we're doing Utah Adventure Week, and uh, we decided uh, to go back outside. Um, we, we postponed it a week. Uh, because it was supposed to be really cold. Then turns out it was kind of crummy. <laughs> it was, uh, it was actually it wasn't crummy at all. It, it was actually nice. turned out to be just fine. It, it hasn't been too bad, but we have kind of, we, we, we try to move around the weather a little bit and it's, it's like not worked out so I think well. it, I think this last weekend though wasn't bad. I was expecting it to be worse than, better than the, the sun zoo. was really warm. Let's the shade go. was colder, but. So for our adventure, we decided to visit. Uh, two places, um, because the first one that we decided to go to has been a best, uh, has been a, like a one thing from some of our guests. Uh, I think Peter was the first one. Yeah. Peter from Ireland was the first one to mention it, but we've talked about it a, a few times, uh, and, and told people they should go see it, <clears throat> but it's not very big. I mean, we were there for 30 minutes maybe. And so we, we actually tied it together with another place. Uh, so the first place we went was Gilgal Gardens in Salt Lake. And then um, the second place that we went that we're going to talk about as well is the International Peace Gardens in Salt Lake, um, which 
I'm surprised how few people actually know about the Peace Gardens. That kind of surprises like me. Like a lot too. of people have heard of Gilgal, but they don't exactly know where it is or what it is. But not a lot of people have heard of the Peace Gardens. I know Bray works just down the street and has for years. And From didn't, Gilgal, and I still didn't, didn't make it. But yeah. it's one of those, if you don't know where it is. You'll never find well, it. Well, even when yeah. we pulled up to it, I was like, did but we get to the right place? Cause it, well, because that. So, well, let's get into it a little bit. So, um, Thomas Child is the, the creator of it. it. It was his backyard, like quite literally his backyard. So you got these older turn of the century homes, one right after the other, and this tiny little path that goes in between the houses and then opens up into his backyard. But if you didn't know it was there, you would never find it because it's literally in between two houses that are still used as houses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's still people living in them. There's still... Someone's pet rabbit was in the front yard. Not in the one. It was boarded up. That's true. Yeah, but the next door was. They were mowing their lawn and had their pets out and stuff. So yeah, they had a bunch of furniture. And... Yeah, so people living in them. So oddly enough, um, and I some of this I knew when I was looking up the history, some of it I, I didn't. He was 57 years old when he started it. Wow. Yeah, he was... He was I at didn't the, know that. <clears throat> he was an old guy. He, he was a uh, retirement age and... And he, so he was a, a masonry contractor, which obviously makes sense, and a bishop of the 10th Salt Lake LDS Ward, which also makes sense because some of his murals had the- You see the 10th Ward on the 10th Ward, and I, I, when we saw that, that, uh, that was kind of what we surmised from it. Um, the name Gilgal comes from a biblical location where Joshua ordered the Israelites to place 12 stones in a memorial named Gilgal. Huh. So, for some yeah, reason, it was definitely a very um, LDS religious experience there. Oh yeah, very very religious. So, for, for some reason, I thought Gilgal was his name or had something to do with his name. Yeah, I don't know. At some, I point guess in time, I hadn't really thought about but, it. But yeah, so that's what Gilgal is. It comes out of of the Bible, huh? Yeah. Reference. Not surprising because literally almost every single flat paving stone has some sort of an inscription on it. And we were noticing by that first statue thing, Heather went in and she was singing all of the hymns oh, yeah, that were that were on the inside of it. So you go in and and Julia found like the the place you sit down and kind of meditate and you sit there and you can see all the hymns. <laughs> he dedicated it to Queen Victoria. Yeah, because he's he's in, he's of English descent. He just dedicated it to like everyone he'd ever heard of. Oh yeah, because it was one. like in my neighbor and my cousin and my uncle. That's and... why when I was there, I was like, oh yeah, I'd one like of to my instructors <laughs> told me to answer "God Save the Queen" if you don't know the answer. So I also had, I mean, there's scripture references, but some of them, all it says is like Proverbs two seven, but there's like no. There's a lot. No, of the scripture. stones all say like <laughs> actual. There's Bible Parts, verses all over, but it. the but the actual sculptures themselves that reference whatever he was doing yeah. is just the... so. So take your Bible with you when <laughs> not, not, not your Bible, the quad, because it's most oh, of it's true. not Bible. You could probably just look it up online, people. Yeah, it's called online. Go- Google, Google first, but it, a, a lot of it's out of like the Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah, so type in D and C two four or whatever, and I'm sure it'll pop up on the first part of Google. I don't know. So it says he was not classically trained as an artist, but he obviously was a a masonry and a dang good one, too. Uh, So he He was a mason or a masonry? He was a masonry. He was what? A a mason made him that? Yeah, not a mason. He was a masonry. Because you can't be a mason if you're part of the Well, but even just a person that works in stone, I thought, was still still a mason. Mason. They're just not a religious religious You're not part of the Masonic temple, but you're a mason. Yeah, so he's a mason. He's not masonry because... That's a building type. Right. 
But he's he a was, masonry con. He was probably I mean, close, masoner. He was probably closely associated with the Masonic Lodge because most Masons were, and Mormons stole a ton of shit from them. So original Masons were Masons, as in that was their profession. Yeah, that's where it started. That's how it all started. In fact, they were the ones that built the Temple of Solomon. That's why they're is, like they're. Their, their symbol, symbol is, is a, a triangle and a square. Yeah, it's yeah. like a protractor looking thing. Yeah. But anyway, so he was a stone worker and, <laughs> and bricklayer, basically. Uh, he laid some bricks. Um, he laid a lot of brick, actually. He probably helped build many of the buildings downtown. He had well, like I a power washer he, cutter thing, too. He went, he went well out of his way to get some of those stones that are, some of them were up to six tons. Oh, yeah. They're like, And you don't know, like, the, the pictures, so they put pictures on the website of it, and there was actually, in the back of Gilgal, there are a lot of old pictures from when they were, when he was placing stones right. and putting stuff together. We think that they might do, like, classes or something there, because they had stuff locked Some away. Some workbenches and, with tools yeah. locked underneath. But, I, and I think it's, like... Looking at that, because when you're there and you're looking at it, you're like, wow, this is amazing. But you don't actually think about how did he get like the, the, the soldier one where the, the like angel thing with the head, he's like the big rock. You don't think about like how the, how, how heavy is that stuff and how did he get it to be in that position? Cause it's not like it was just there. And he has the altar, the, the, the large, large, large altar that's, that slab of stone's gotta be. It's, 18 inches thick or yeah, more. It's, it's unbelievably huge. huge and heavy. And and a lot of those things are like that. The Sphinx is a big chunk of, of rock. And so you don't, when you're there looking at it, you don't necessarily think, how did that stuff end up there? But when you go into the back, you can actually see uh, they have pictures of the cranes and uh, and them actually lifting some of that into place. And you start to recognize like, this was no joke. When this guy was building this stuff when he was when he was creating this stuff there's a lot of heavy equipment involved to yeah. put rocks in his backyard big rocks boulders uh it, it did talk a little bit about some of the unconventional methods he used which we noticed out there he, he actually used an acetylene torch mm-hmm. to cut the rocks which are typically used for uh, oh, welding welding yeah but in one of the stones they had the acetylene torch tip and we noticed that and i was like that's got it well, that was a that was a not just a torch, was it? it? Was also another type of rock cutter with it, or was it just the torch? He said, he said that he used an acetylene okay. torch, and that's what that was. Was that's an old, what, yeah, that old was timey the, acetylene torch? That was the tip off the acetylene torch. Uh, he also used a lot of hand tools, a whole lot of hand tools, mm-hmm. so that the lion's share of the carving was done with ha- uh, hand tools. Some of the cool things, though, and some of the stuff uh, it says on the little plaques that he was the proudest of is the little. Statue of himself with the plaid yeah. pants. I think, by the way, because <laughs> so cool. I'm going to ask what your favorite piece was. That's my favorite piece by far. That as far is as intricate. Holy cow. Absolutely, unbelievably amazing. And it shows off so many different capabilities and skills that he has because you've got the traditional like brick masonry. Yeah, like it's not painted. It's all done with. Different and there's stone. there's there's uh, like like raw stone masonry that's mm-hmm. above it, and then you have this carved uh, effigy of himself essentially, right? And, and his pants are a stone. His pants are a, a plaid a stone. stone brick. Yeah. His jacket is a different piece of stone, and and I think that's what you were getting yeah. to is his comment on his jacket. How yeah, he he commented himself of how proud he was at that the textures because it looks like I and mean, it's stone. 
but it looks like a pair of pants. You know what it is. And the jacket. And the jacket hangs over the top of the shirt and the pants. And and actually has that spacing and looks. Like a jacket. Like a suit jacket hanging over pants. It's absolutely uncanny that he was able to do that with stone. Yeah. And then he's got a little uh, memorial to his wife. And he even admits that his wife was much better looking in real life. But keep in mind. I think it says that she looked happier, but I think it was actually a pretty good facial stash. Like, there are some that are pretty crappy. That was pretty good. And I've got to say, for a mason, that is not his thing. Like, Mm -hmm. like busts and sculpture, that's not his thing. He does buildings. He does... Straight lines. Like, I mean, think of, like, Exchange Place downtown. The, the ornate stonework on that. That's the kind of thing yeah, he would have well, been doing. Well, I mean, you think about the stuff that he's got there, though, like the Joseph Smith Sphinx, which is probably the most weird. Well, weird, but recognizable. I thought it was, I thought it would be a little bit bigger than that. I was actually surprised because y- you see that the most because it is the weirdest thing. Maybe because in it your was mind. A pokey stop. You know, the Sphinx is massive. So in your mind, yeah, you've maybe. got the scale of the Sphinx. But, but the, I wish you would have broke the nose off personally. <laughs> then it would have been like... It would have been great. But <laughs> but like that, the detail that goes into a face like that, like that kind of curvature and stuff, that's really incredible work. And out of stone. Well, and he's like, he's got the, the, the quad, the four books of the Mormons, the Bible oh, yeah. and the Doctrine and Covenant. And then he's got the big arch. Mm-hmm. That it's represented the priest- priesthood. But it's stacked stones, and they are massive. And you really kind of have to look around at everything. So right behind the Sphinx is, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the, the mother and child, like the two hearts. Yeah, with the hands. Uh, with the, coming and the hearts, down. you know exactly what they are when you look they're, at them. Yeah, it's they're not a heart like, it's like, a you, human like heart. you draw a heart when and, you're a little kid and you say, I love you. It's not that kind of heart. It's like a heart. heart. And you can see the different pieces of the heart and the hands that are down, like cupping them, uh, and the, the like plow thrown, like the farm tool. That's oh, yeah. My favorite. Yeah, so the cool. the beating it was beating plowshares or beating swords, swords into, into plowshares, and so he had like a plow, and then he had swords like, like behind it, like a fan, and it, it was and, and, and it took us a minute. I think that one was minute. pretty cool, and we're guessing that that's the. But the, once we figure the Bible out verse what it that was, was, it was like, it. oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool, and then. If you're careful, you're going to miss stuff because on the back side. If you're side careful, of, you are. Well, if you're not careful, I guess. But on the like on the back side of it is Goliath, and and like that was one of the last things that we looked at because everything is in like this one open area, and then you realize there's stuff around the back. Uh, and Goliath is really cool because I mean it's definitely David and Goliath, Goliath, right? Right. But he's in pieces, and it's it's a really interesting take on that whole thing. Yeah. So I think I, favorite is hard, but probably the Joseph Smith thinks just because it's so weird. Not the birdhouse. Yeah, the birdhouse. There house. was this massive like birdhouse hotel. He did. Well, there, no. there were two it's of so them. So funny though. There was one like that at the Peace Garden too. Actually, I don't Bird know if you condo. noticed it. Yeah, we I saw would it. say the Sphinx. I mean, it is strange, but when you walked up to it and looked at. The detail, the amount of detail mm-hmm. he put into it. You know a big reason why those bird condos are there, Julia? For the birds. 
so that the birds, the birds don't from shitting ne- on the well, so the birds don't nest inside of all the stone. On the actual, they, that makes sense. Think about like, all the statues. Well, and, and think of like ever. the cave that was created to for the the two hearts and yeah. And, so you don't have some pigeon sitting in there with his ugly babies staring at you while you're trying <laughs> to have a moment. Yeah. and learn about art. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I mean, those are the those are those are why. So what? Yeah. So what? What Thomas said to kind of summarize his garden is, and I'll just read it for his quote. Um, he knew people, he knew that, that a lot of people wouldn't understand it. A lot of people think it was weird. And he said, you don't have to agree with me. You may think I'm a nut, but I hope I have aroused your thinking and curiosity. The whole point is he wanted people to think. And you definitely think when you go in there. Some of it is what on earth? <laughs> But I think more than anything, it's just so unique. It was very fascinating. Yeah. So uh, the the ownership, because he's gone at this point. Uh, yeah, he so died now, in 1963. There's, there's a group of citizens called the Friends of Gilgal Garden, which is actually headed up by his uh, his son, I think. Um, uh, or no, no, the, the widow of his child's kid. Yeah. So it's like his, his, uh, grandkids widow. So up till 2000, the year 2000, it was owned by Henry P. Fetzer family and Fetzer was his neighbor who bought the property, uh, after his death in 1963, kept it as more of a novelty, but it was only open on Sundays. Uh, however, they had a lot of vandalism over the years, uh, and in let's see when was it well in 2000 they were debating on whether they should sell it to a land developer to turn it into apartments but that's when um some of the some of his children and grandchildren stepped in uh, and they they got some pretty good donations so they got yeah. salt lake uh county to donate four hundred thousand dollars uh and a hundred thousand dollars from uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, and the Good Eccles, George and Dolores S. Eccles yeah. Foundation. Not, not the Ogden. Not, the not Ogden that Ogden those Eccles. shitty North Ogden They wouldn't Eccles, donate man. a dime. No. Uh, they they don't, don't, I don't they think don't they have, have a dime, dime anymore. anymore. <laughs> um, but, but that, you know, that money, um, covered the cost to purchase all of it. Uh, and then, um, it's now been turned into, um, uh, a city park. A city park officially. I, it was, uh, Mararaki Anderson did it at the time. It was actually really controversial because it's got all of the LDS right. elements to it. They were afraid to turn it into a city park, but I think they recognized what it is and it is. But like while we were there, thing. there was a lady there with her dog and like people are clearly in that area can use it. And there's like some apartment buildings and stuff that have a great view of like looking out and seeing it. And so I'm sure the people that are right around there use it like they would if it was any normal city. And and in the summer it's open from eight to eight uh, every day. Um, Just go check it out. It's really cool. It's, it's just tucked away between a couple houses. Um, There's parking. So don't be afraid of that. But like it's, it's just, Northeast of um, trolley corners. Yeah, yeah. It is so, actually. so uh, from 2001 to 2005, they had uh, Utah Master Gardeners reduce the overgrowth, overgrowth of the weeds and plant what you see now. So they actually yeah. had a master garden. They actually came in and make it beautiful. Specifically planted things that, that would work well. Work. Um, and in 2005, they did restoration on some of the sculptures that were had seen better days, but it's in very, very good shape. Yeah, now. it's Those really carved it's, 
sayings, the ones with the proverbs and all of that stuff on it, those are incredibly good. It's shape. really well maintained now. Um, you know, being a city park, they, they definitely take care of it. And it's, it is a uniquely Utah thing. It, it is, is as uniquely Utah as. Uh, yeah, there's, you're not going to find that anywhere <laughs> else in the entire world. But it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Well, it's crazy because you're on a super busy street, super loud. You go back into this little garden and it's quiet and you are surrounded. You, on the one side, you've got the parking garage for a high rise apartment. So it's kind of secluded, but right next to it is a family's backyard. Uh, but it, it is, it is absolutely amazing. And I, I, I didn't really say anything about the original house. It's still there. I don't know if, I don't know if they're using it as storage or an office or, to, or if the original house has absolutely nothing to do with it anymore. But definitely worth something to do and at the price of free to get in. Yeah, they ask for donations if you can, but yeah, it, it's, there's no cost to get in because it is a city. So park. when you go down to go to the Leonardo, don't turn two blocks before you get there <laughs> or two blocks after depending on which way you're coming go from. to Gilgal it's free and then you can take a 10 minute drive to another spot that we visited so the International Peace Garden so the International Peace Gardens is um, like in the heart of Glendale uh, which is a neighborhood of, of Salt Lake it's uh, the other ninth and ninth, ninth west and ninth south <laughs> not ninth east and ninth so south. one thing about the Glendale area in general uh when it very first popped up, it was a nice community. It started um, pre-World War, post-World War One, pre-World War Two, was when that general area neighborhood uh, was developed. It was a nice little neighborhood. It was what you would well consider entry-level housing. Mm -hmm. When my grandfather first moved here with his parents um, after moving out of Texas and stuff, uh, their house was there. So. My, I remember visiting my great grandmother in a house that was like, I think it was like literally, I don't know if the backyard is right on the freeway or if there was another house on the other side of it and then the freeway, but it was like right, right by the there. freeway, right there in Glendale. And it was, I mean, when we, when she was around, like that was forever ago, well, but it was a night, it was still a nice And to be place clear, to Glendale's not shitty, but well, it's so not great. It. So where I'm going with that is, it definitely saw a decline. The 70s, 80s, and 90s were not kind to that area of town. However, in the last few years, it's gone through a pretty significant gentrification project, mm. and they're they're putting money into that area. And improving it. Improving, improving that area. And... Um, that's where a lot of the hipsters are buying homes. I've actually done... Glendale and Rose Park. I've actually done a significant we, number We of were commenting remodels. on some of the remodels that we had seen um, as we some were driving away from the park. So extremely beautiful. Some of them are like misplaced, like they look weird. Now, on the back side, so the, this is actually part of a bigger park. The yes. International Peace Gardens is the back corner of um, Jordan Park, I think is the actual I name of the right. park. Because um, it's on the Jordan. Yeah, they've really? got a right they've got the a ninth they've got a skate park in the front of it. Um, the, it's a really big park. It's like from Ninth South to Fremont Street, which I think is Tenth South, roughly. But the the Peace Gardens are actually a fenced off area, so you have to go through. A and they gate do close. Yeah, they do. They do. They do lock the gates at a certain time. Um, it's pretty. Pretty much graffiti free. We saw very, very little yeah, the, in the park itself. The the Jordan River runs behind it, uh, so and you can search for dead bodies. Yeah, the walkway kind of runs. That's a part of Jordan River by, where you 
find dead bodies. Yeah. Uh, actually, <laughs> you know, when they talk about finding a body in the Jordan River, I, it's around this part I, of town. I joke, but it is true. It does happen. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, d- do you have some of the history? Because you're like the history buff. Yeah, I've got. Things. So, so it was conceived in 1939. And it was the so that's when they were having the sex women. over it. Yeah, the women's league and the, the the Salt Lake Council of Women is who. And we've talked about the Salt Lake Council of Women yeah. on this podcast before. Um, remember when we talked about the the, house, the, the the women's house, the International yeah. Women's House, or something that they live the in the library thing. And yeah, and well, it was, and that the, the yeah the center that's like an event center too now. The where turn of the century, the women wanted their own club, and yeah, and, ba- and they. You like, guys have to understand. This is like. These are like the wives the, of the doctors these and the are lawyers the, of... These are the real housewives of Salt Lake City from back in the day. Like, before there was a bullshit reality show, these are the ladies that were married right. to all the well-to-dos in, yep. in and the they, Salt Lake And they area. didn't have a lot to do because John they're... John Bingham, who owned Bingham Coppermine. Because their kids were taken care of by their nannies and, and their so houses were taken care they of by got their to, maids. They got and, together and made positive improvements around And they the used their husband's power to get donations and it, when they were right. on council, you know, when they were... They could use their, you know, the city seats or whatever to dedicate things so or the late, give grants. They used that. In the late 30s and early 40s, this idea. Right. Happens. And it was it was spearheaded by Mrs. Otto Rui, R-U-E-Y, I'm probably not saying that right, <laughs> wisely. Um, and she worked with the superintendent of parks and the mayor of Salt Lake and the Salt Lake Council of Women. So it was presented, uh, funds were put into place. However, they were not able to uh, break ground because of the onset of World War II. Yeah, I was going to say, so something happened in 1942 <laughs> that you may or may not be aware yeah. of. Um, the United States entered into a conflict with the rest of the world, trying to fight the evils of Nazis and, and Japanese. That was the year that my dad was born. I still... I, I, I st- this is for maybe another podcast even, not even ours, but it's still a very interesting thing what actually propelled us to actively be involved in the war outside of just yeah. fakely being involved by sending all the aid and shit that we were, um, is the Japanese on the other side of the globe from Germany bombing us. And up until that point, we were not getting in the war. Yeah. And so it's just an interesting thing to think about. But yeah, so uh, the 1940s brought with it war and the park kind of got put on hold. Yeah. And so uh, 1947. Which was the year my mom was born. Uh, work on it picks back up again. So the war comes to an end and they decide that this is still something very important. Uh, so it is divided into 28... I want to make sure I got that right. 20, yeah, 28 different countries. Uh, one thing that I found out that was interesting, because we were making this comment as we walked through it, some of them are ornate over the top, and some of them don't have as and much. And some of them are not countries, which we will get like to. Like Africa. We will it's get, not a fucking country. We will get to that. <laughs> but some of these are not countries. But yeah, there's 28 sections of Sections. The uh, and they actually hired a, a landscape, well-known landscape architect of the time, and I've got it here, but I don't want to dig... Um, who sat down and they actually, they sent him to St. Louis and they sent him to Europe to look at other peace gardens that had been already established. Uh, and he took that information because they wanted it to flow. They didn't want it to just be, here's this little chunk, here's this little chunk. And so it talked about how he used the grass as a, as a canvas. The grassy knoll. Sort of. So that you would flow from one exhibit to the other with that, so that it felt Combined, Organic. but but separated. So, 
the one thing that I found that was interesting is each country represented, it is the responsibilities of those people from that country that live in I Utah. I wondered because some of them were really cool and you could see the dedication like the... What was the Japan was really cool. Or the, China the, was really cool. That was at the, the Netherlands that had the brand new, like it the just hut, was built. The, in 2016, yeah, the Viking hut. Nor- uh, Norway. Norway. Norway, thank you. So each country, it is the responsibility of the citizens of Utah from that country <coughs> to pay for it and maintain it. And so that's something that maybe comes out of some of those cultural centers. So you looked at like Italy. And it's dumb. Lacking a, a tad bit. So uh, can we go through which ones yeah, came when? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Because they actually, if you go out to the Peace Gardens, I think it's internationalpeacegarden.org, they have uh, a timeline of sorts uh, yeah. that kind of shows all that stuff to you. And so the first one was America, right. uh, which opened in 1947. Yep. Uh, and the, the second one, Japan. On the back of World War II... Uh, and maybe it's, uh, maybe it's, uh, like, oh, I'm sorry. We've got all these Japanese people here now because of Topaz Mountain. Maybe we should do something nice. Their for area them. really is beautiful and it's still, like, it still is. They're still maintaining well, so it well. It's kind of an interesting sense we're on Japan. Kind of some, some uh, an interesting note about it is the people from Japan, so the Japanese Americans who were working on that, went out and purchased Japanese cherry trees mm-hmm. to be brought in from Japan. They were confiscated at the border and burned. There are now there are cherry blossoms <laughs> there now though, right? So what 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 happened is uh, the people of Utah, the Boy Scouts, uh, the YWCA, uh, created what they called cherry friendship, and they found replacements for the cherry trees that were um, not local to Utah necessarily, but but the United States, uh, and they found. Fifty-year-old uh, cherry trees. That, so are they still Japanese cherry trees, or they're just a different kind of cherry? They're tree? A different kind of cherry tree. So they're That's not nice, though. I mean, at least you tried, I guess. Japanese. So, so it was really cool, though, that a, a lot of people stepped in to help with that. Um, also, let's. Oh, go ahead. So I was going to say the next two, uh, and they, and actually, I mean, really, we can kind of stick three of them in together because they all came roughly at the same time. Uh, in the summer of 55, you had Denmark, Holland, and Sweden all come into play. And the... One of those is the one that had the um, birdhouse, by the way. So uh, the Sudani flag was donated by the King of Sweden personally. Oh, okay. That's okay. cool. And the, the Gupta Buddha was... That Buddha is really cool. ...was donated by uh, the people of India... And that's in India, which is much, much later. Because yeah, we had, that's like halfway well, down. Yeah, I mean, it, it came later, but it's actually towards the beginning of the park. If you go to the left, it's like one of the first ones. And it has a, a Gandhi, too. Yeah. Oh, the King a, of Sweden also donated that sundial. Oh, okay. It came oh. from the King of Sweden. And then Cedars of Lebanon were were donated by the people of Lebanon. So, like... This was finding this stuff out was really cool. So a lot of it was much more than just mm-hmm. the people here put it together. They actually were given gifts by other countries that are part. That of is the, cool. Yeah, and in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies saw a lot of regular renovations <laughs> to the park and additions. Even into the eighties, every couple of years we had new sections. So you've got, um, you know, the Greeks, uh, Finland. <laughs> 
Um, the Swiss, England, China comes in in 59. is sucky. Um, yeah, Italy is... in, in 65. Italy is just a big, it says it's Italy. Ital- and it, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it has a, a, a tile mosaic. I was hungry at the time and I told Heather that I expected them to be serving me pasta there. So interesting fact in the 19s and 1950s and 60s, they actually had people they would have these specific days where people would dress up in their gardens and you could take oh, a that's tour. Cool. And there was actually people that would talk to you about their, their country. country oh, and, that's cool. Yeah, it was all That would be cool thing. if they started doing something like that again. So we have, you know, in the 70s, we get into uh, Wales. That's when Canada comes in. Uh, Norway, Brazil, the Philippines, and then Africa. And hmm. I'm sorry. Africa is not a fucking country. No, it's not. It's, it's a continent. What is it? Thirty something countries. <laughs> There's more countries in Africa than there are in fucking Europe. <laughs> Africa is a gigantic continent that and houses. And it's so different because it's so huge. Like there's desert areas and there's jungle areas. Did, and did you like... see anything about about Africa uh, in terms of its contribution to the park and like who? <laughs> well, who I think that they that? just somebody just stuck it in there. They, like... did. they talked about a lot. They, they talked a lot about Japan, Sweden, Germany. That one was really cool with the Matterhorn. But no, I didn't really see anything about the Mexico one's cool. They have like a technoclon kind of well, and, head thing there. And while we were there. There was some quinceañeras going quinceanera. on. There was a quinceañera dance and photography that they were recording. And then a wedding. And then I shoot. think there was another quinceañera on the way in because she had a different outfit on. But yeah, there was like a wedding photography thing that was happening. So I will say this. If you've never been to the Peace Gardens, um, expect to see lots of photography no matter what time of year. It is It is used a ton for photography. We've used it twice. <clears throat> There's so many really cool spots of just amazing. There's um, different kinds of bridges and there's different kinds of arches and there's tunnels so and backdrops. The, and the, the, the really long, like overgrown tunnel is like Denmark, I think. Yeah, it is. Is, is where they've got this beautiful, like there's this long bunch of wooden, um, it's essentially like a pergola, like a, but like extended. Like I and, don't know what and it's every, called. And it's completely covered in vine. Uh, and so. So depending on what time of year, it'll either be just like the, the, the dead old vine. vine or it can be done with like greenery and it's very beautiful. And so we have, um, you know, other other stuff on the timeline when we get into the 80s and we see the addition of Germany. Finally, they're, they're, they're okay to come in <laughs> like 83. The wall hasn't come down yet, but it's getting closer. Um, oh, I think Brazil is in the 70s. Sorry. Uh, you have Korea coming in in the 80s. Um, Mexico, I think, came in around then as well. Uh, Russia in 87. Uh, as, Which uh, is like kind of deconstructed right now because I guess a bunch of their their statues throughout the Peace so Gardens the, were tried. They tried, to, yeah, they tried I, to steal them. Ireland and Vietnam came in at the end of the 80s as well. Um, and yeah, the, the Russian stuff in particular and their signs up in Russia. And then what's the one across? Uh, whatever um, the one across from it was, but uh, it wasn't like a... It wasn't an HD one. <clears throat> it was oh, either yeah, Wales, yeah, yeah. either right. Wales or Africa. I'm no, not sure. No, I think it was Wales. There was two. nothing in Africa. There was there was a missing uh, item there as well, and I think it was another statue. I think it was the because Wales is supposed to have that like harp, that stone harp. Yeah, harp. yeah. I think that's what was missing from, so, from the Wales one. So things being stolen go back to 2011. 
when the Little Mermaid statue. Oh yeah, the, the oh, I br- from Denmark. About that was her. a Denmark bronze, statue. The bronze yeah. statue, which isn't the Disney the Little Mermaid. No. It's the traditional Hans Christian Andersen, but it was stolen. And so they recreated it, and it was stolen again. Yeah, it's wild. So the two newest places, by the way, are uh, France, which was done in 99, uh, which has a miniature like steel replica of the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. It's like two feet tall. When I say miniature, that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Tonga, which has... Almost nothing. Um, There's like a little thing of when they had their, they had a convention or something here in 2016 or something like that. And there's like a list of all the people that planned it. And I think that's what they put up. Well, and, and the, and Tonga has, and it might have been, so one thing to keep in mind, (laughs) the time of year you go is going to have an impact on what you see because, uh, a lot of stuff like as we were there, uh, uh, like two weeks ago, there was a lot of stuff that was clearly being ready to be planted for the season. Um, you know, your, your, yeah. your flower beds and stuff like that were like getting ready to go. They didn't have any water running in any of the features. Um, and like Tonga, uh, if you look there, they have like, a uh, an apiary essentially. Uh, and it has flowers and stuff and it actually spells out the word Tonga. And so. But you That's can't what, really see it when there's not flowers blooming. Yeah, and there's and there and it's like not green yet because it hasn't grown in for the the season. So, so some of, some of the other items that were donated, like we were talking about, uh, in the Japanese garden, there are four stone lanterns that were brought over from Japan. Uh, um, let's see. The, the Chinese archway was kind of cool. They have the Chinese dragons on the with outside. all the bees, <clears throat> the obelisk, the the Bauta stone in Norway, B A U T A stone. That was donated. That came from Norway. Uh, the 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 um crap. Now I can't think of it. Oh, in the Korea, uh, the Korea area. Uh, Korea? Yeah, the Korean pavilion. <laughs> the pavilion's not there anymore um, because it's it, it was ravaged by yeah, was storms destroyed. and stuff. The like the foundation pieces are kind of there and broken. But they had brought in a pavilion, like a a, a pagoda from Korea, and it you know it just. Got yeah. destroyed the, over the, the years. two marble lions in the Chinese uh, pavilion were also brought in 1979. Were brought from China. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's a really beautiful place. And I I think the thing that that really strikes me a you know incredibly uh, about the Peace Gardens is, like you said, Jeremy, they're all things that are taken care of by people of those those origins right. within Salt Lake. And so it really shows you, we talk a lot about how, how white Salt Lake is because we are very white. There's no doubt about it. And if you look at the countries that are represented, you know, you've got Sweden, Switzerland, Great Britain, Norway, Holland, Finland, Italy, um, <laughs> uh, Denmark, Germany, Greece. Um, you know, Greece, maybe you start to get a little less white, but then you've got like Scotland, Wales, Canada, France, Russia, <laughs> Ireland, those are all very, you know, white European countries. Um, but that's a big, diverse group of people. And then we get into, you know, Lebanon with some Middle Eastern descent and a lot of Asian influence with Jap- Japan and, China and, and Japan the Philippines and China and Korea and Vietnam. Uh, you've got Islanders represented with Tonga. You have Brazilians from South America, Mexicans. Um, so there is, oh, and Indians. So there is, Salt Lake has a very culturally diverse, 
um, group of people around it. And I think that's, that's one of the things that really kind of strikes you with the peace gardens is that there's a place like this that does celebrate all that stuff in a very subtle way. Um, and we've talked about, you know, our food here, how amazing the food in Salt Lake is. And a lot of that's because of those different influences. We have this huge swath of cuisines available that are just absolutely amazing. So I'd say picking favorites. In my, my favorite, I think is the Japanese garden. It looks better when the fountain's on and and it's in bloom. And, it's, and it's a Japanese peace garden. Bloom, but I would say that's probably you can hear the bees though when we were walking. Oh yeah, that's true. You could see and hear the bees. So I, I would say my personal favorite is the Japanese garden. I really like. I think uh, the stuff that's there from Norway is really really cool. That's that very cool. representative. Um, I think I like the Indian stuff. I just I like. The Buddha, it's kind of the way that the where it is, it's kind of closed in a little bit and secluded. That's where they were kind of taking some of the pictures. And I like that one. It's right as you come into the park. It's like straight on. How about you, Julia? Was it? Where was the one with all the cute tiny houses? The Switzerland? Switzerland. With, yeah, with I like Matter- that one where we saw the. Oh, with the, the like, Matterhorn thing? Yeah, yeah. with the Matterhorn. Where, where and we the, saw the, the moth bird, and there was, was like this a hummingbird? fight over if it was a hummingbird or if it was a moth. <laughs> and, and it, it was called a hummingbird moth. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a hummingbird. Yeah, so it has. I thought it was a moth. A replica, obviously. Of the and Matterhorn. it is a moth, right? Yeah, it is a moth, but it's called a hummingbird moth. And then these little. Because it looks like a hummingbird. Because it, like it, it flies. And it flies like a hummingbird. And like. shaped like one, yeah. Sticks its fucking head into flowers like a hummingbird. And it was awake in the daytime. It was like really that. pretty, too. It was cute. So that one is Hannah cool. was scared to death That one's of it. cool when the water's going. Sean's yeah, a lot of those are. The, the water, and, and again, we went in early May, and usually water features don't get turned on until after this next weekend, Memorial Day, um, when people start peeing in pools as well. Um, what about but, your least favorite? <laughs> Africa. My, I, be, being of Italian descent, I was a little disappointed. With yeah. Italy. <laughs> Ita- Italy was pretty sad. That's kind of sad. <laughs> I, I, and Greece was kind of sad with its three pillars. Yeah, but at least it had something. Yeah, that was that was a really kind of like Greece is like here's it was like seven columns that were just there by themselves. There wasn't like any kind of roof or, or pavilion. It was just here's seven columns. This is representative of Greece. Uh, I thought Sweden was dumb. Yeah, <laughs> there's a flag, a flag. And, and a and uh, what looks and to a be house. what looks to be a uh, garden shed. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it was like Norway or somebody that had the the birdhouse. It was one of those Nordic places. Yeah, but and, and it was on the edge. Then there was the tree that we saw growing that looks like it came right out of a horror. Yeah, movie. and that's in the United States' area. <laughs> it's right at the. Which entrance. just has like it's, a statue that says like the children are our future. It's very much a big open grass with the statue well, in the center. It's kind of dumb because. All of America's heritage, right, is either indigenous folk, which aren't represented, or all of the all rest of the, the others, countries that yeah. are everywhere else. Which I yeah. think is, I, I think that's good. I think it was funny how Russia, they took out everything. They took out the whole, it's because, it was like a little sculpture thing inside of the little maze. It's because it of the vandalism, because yep. of the Ukraine. Um, well, there were, there was a number of the little, po- the little peg with the, 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 oh, what am I thinking? The little card that's set on it, this yeah. piece of art has been removed. 
because of vandalism. Because of vandalism, and will be brought back at a future date. Yep. Yeah. And and look, people, don't fucking destroy shit. The people that are Russians that live here are not responsible nothing to for do with Vladimir it. Putin. Don't. And if you haven't watched the news, most of the people from Russia are not happy about what's also, going on. Also, even if it's not that, even if it's just something else that you decide to go in and steal or something, if learning, hopefully learning about the fact that those people are the people that have donated it and upkeep it. It's not like you're sticking it to the man or stealing from the state. No, you're fucking You're literally stealing from these communities that are trying to show other people representations of their their yeah. history. So the city takes care of the lawn itself. The city takes care of the watering, opening it, closing it. But the each gates individual and... section is maintained and funded by that native group living here in Utah. I really encourage you to go see it. It's a great park that you can just go you can just go explore and you can just find a spot and sit down and just very quiet. Yeah, just in, enjoy being there. Um it watch, is it's fun to people watch cuz like we said just there we had weddings, a couple of quinceañeras. Um there's just there's all sorts of people that are there and you know, Jeremy was making the jokes and stuff because we were kind of in Glendale. It's like borderline some of the bad area, but you really don't see that inside there. No, you're tucked away between the Jordan River on the backside of you and so much of the park in, in front of you. There's there's and, not. And once again, that area, it, it's being cleaned up. It's it's definitely changing. It's not as scary as it it's not was. Your, <laughs> it's not your uh, dad's glendale yeah, i was gonna say yes. your grandma's but your grandma's might might be it's probably nice. still okay when it was that yeah it's my great grandma's glendale was fine so it's worth it and for the cost of nothing it was another place that's totally worth going so same thing if you're going to go to the leonardo just get off the freeway go the other way they're on six south and head over to the peace gardens and then the summum temple is just a few blocks away from that you can drive by and take a look at that Yep. Don't try to get in there. So no, be respectful, a, people. It's by appointment only, but you can drive by and take a look at it. So, yeah, I would say I would say two thumbs up for both of these. I would too. Yeah, definitely. They're worth the visit. They're a great afternoon. Gilgal's pretty short. Like Gilgal would be a good thing if you're going to plan something downtown. Gilgal's a great thing to go see. Like yeah. you could make a date out of a bunch of free shit downtown. You could go to Gilgal Gardens. You could go down to the Planetarium. Just go ahead and skip the Leonardo entirely. Um, Peace sorry, guys. Gardens. Both of those are free. But yeah, free. Yeah. So well, just like we did, we split the two, and <clears throat> we we're probably at the Peace Gardens for hour, hour and a half, something like that. Yeah. And at uh, Gilgal for about a half an hour, so it was about a two hour, and that's seriously ten, fifteen minutes apart. I mean, they're they're close to each other, so you could definitely make a. a a nice Sunday afternoon out of it. Enjoy the Except park. Except for, I, I don't think, or one is, of them's not open on Sunday. Gal no, they're open on Sunday. So. Somebody, someone, one of them wasn't, because I think we were talking about going on a Sunday and one of them wasn't. Gilgal is now open on a Sunday. It's All Sunday. summer it'll be open on Sunday. So anyway, go, go check them out. It's been a lot of one things like we talked about and a lot of most unique things. Um, Totally worth the price of admission. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to be. We're <laughs> worth I, I can't more tell than you. the price You've got to pay admission. for the gas to get there. If the Leonardo was free, I still don't know if it would be worth it. I don't think so. Um, but I would I would pay to go to either one of those. Yeah. A couple of bucks, yeah. Yeah, like a couple of bucks for Gilgal, maybe like five bucks for the Peace Garden just because you can spend more time there or whatever. But yeah, definitely worth it. All right. It's dark and you can't see a fucking thing. 
Get your head out of your ass. Pronto. <laughs> that's our oracle for this week. That's the my one head I picked. feels like it's up at my so, right now. I thought that was a pretty good card. I was like, I pulled it out and then I started reading it as you guys were talking. I'm like, what the fuck? And I turned it I over. I think that's for you. <laughs> uh, that's that was uh, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, let us know how you feel. Um, we, we always do welcome and en- enjoy your comments. If you'd like to be on the show, uh, you can reach out to us. It's the, the new Utah podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on any of the social medias at TNU podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Julia will respond to you on Instagram. Um, yep. Jeremy on Twitter. I will see Julia respond to you on Instagram when I post something on Facebook um, at least once a week. And I see that we have messages. They're almost all Instagram. Yeah. Because no one uses Facebook anymore. Um, But I'm the one that monitors the email for the businesses. They would do that on Instagram. Yeah. So anyway, uh, reach out to us. Uh, we would love to have you on the show, uh, as long as you're not a piece of shit. Um, and if you are, look, if you come on the show and it's a 10 minute interview, you know that you're a shitty interview or a piece of shit. One of those two things is true, but I don't remember the last time we had an interview that we cut short. Um, it's been a while. People have so much to offer, uh, and to talk about with Salt Lake. It's we're six years in and. I still don't feel like there's a shortage of stuff to talk about and do. We're just scratching the surface with these adventures because it's just now getting warm enough to go do what is really. Well, we have a whole vacation planned for August. Yeah. Like we've got, we've got a lot of stuff uh, on the books that we want to do. And, and uh, I honestly don't know if one year is going to be enough. I was just going to say, I, I personally would like to, to do this one for a couple of years. We did the others for a couple of years and, some of the others anyway and i i would personally like to see this one go a little longer so uh i hope you liked it share the episode uh and um yeah i think that's it i don't know talk to you next week